Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Week 15 of the NFL is here. We have 16 games to get through. We have one of the all-time best friends of the pod, none other than Mr. Fabian Suma, uh, here to help us handicap week 15. Uh, Andy, how you doing on this beautiful football Wednesday? It is... It's exciting. It's uh, it's a little melancholy though. You get the the last Thursday game tomorrow, which that sucks. I like Thursday games, even though players hate them. Yeah. But I'm pumped. We got Thursday football still. We got Saturday football. Uh, it's a big slate. There's a bunch of shit games, but it's nice because it's such a big slate that you don't have to worry about the fact that Jacksonville and Washington play each other. <laughs> that one's going to get lost in the one o'clock shuffle for sure. In fact, all of the shit oh, games are kind of in that one o'clock time slot. So um, there'll be something to watch instead of that, without a doubt. Um, okay. Making his sixth appearance on the deep dive. Who knows? Uh, I've lost count. Our, our sexy German friend uh, and NFL <laughs> handicapper extraordinaire, Mr. Fabian Summer. How are you doing this afternoon, Fabian? What's up, gentlemen? Yes. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. It's actually not afternoon. It's, uh, I think, yeah, 11, nighttime p.m. in the evening. And I'm doing fine. I just thought about grabbing coffee. But I think I should be fine. Yes. You're, you're, Maybe a schnapps, uh, schnapps instead. Your audio yes, sounds yes. good. We're so excited to talk to you. We've saved your appearance for the end of the season when there was the most interesting topics to dive into. So thank you as always for making the time for us all the way over from Germany. Uh, and uh, let's uh, get, I guess uh, for those who don't follow you, where can they track you down on Twitter? And um, if, it's and, uh, yeah. If you don't follow Suma, <laughs> w- what are you doing? <laughs> it's S U U M A eight one zero. And not W U M A S W M A eight one zero. I got it. Got it. Um, okay, uh, Suma, uh, how has uh, you know what, what have you what have you made of uh, the 2018 NFL season to this point? How has it gone for you? Any particular lessons learned that you want to share with people at home uh, after a, a, an intense year of handicapping football? Uh, oh yeah, first of all, it's uh, it's pretty it's been a pretty amazing season. Um, the scoring explosion, the upgraded quarterback play throughout the year. Um, some really magical quarterback play like Patrick Mahomes. It, it was pretty much fun to watch. Um, Betting-wise, it was, um, in my opinion, a little bit of changes um, in terms of all the increasing totals. Um, I think we have about 23.4 points per, go- points per game uh, by each offense. So um, that was something to get accustomed to, in my opinion. And um, overall, my biggest lesson, once again, because I've been focusing much more on it this year, is that closing line value can absolutely rock. Um, I think um, I think I'm now 51, 38 on the season, and um, I think it's close to 10 units. And I think I've got three or four units alone just by beating the closing number. So, um, yeah. I've put a big emphasis on getting ahead of the market moves and I think it really paid off this year and it will pay off in the long run. 
I am in exactly the same boat. I'm at 70 and 60 and one, uh, 11 <laughs> units. And without a doubt, about four of them, you know, wins would have turned to losses if I had bet the same uh, same side or total uh, on Sunday morning instead of getting ahead of the, the big move. Um, yeah. And it's made, a, it's made a huge difference. Last, last week was maybe the most instructive of all. I, you know, literally the two plays that I lost closing line value on were losers. Uh, and the six, I, you know, the six, I captured closing line value were winners. Uh, and then the one push was also a loser, but still, you know, it was like, you, I didn't even really even need to watch the games. If I had value at kickoff, like it was a winner. So, you know, it's, it's crazy how that's kind of, you know, totally reframed my approach to betting. I'm not necessarily first thinking about, uh, you know, how teams match up or, you know, what is a good or bad situational spot. I'm kind of you know, at the same time thinking, you know, Hey, this three and a half can turn into a three or a four, you know, and you know, you need to kind of absolutely incorporate that in my opinion. And if you can beat the closing line at a clip like Suma is, then you're going to win long-term in the NFL. That's for sure. Um, Andy, would you agree with all that? Yeah, it's been fun being more market oriented, really watching it. It's not like I didn't watch it, but now, but I found myself checking the lines Oh, you know how like when you first got, you know, Facebook or Twitter or anything on a phone and be like, oh, I can just sit and scroll on this all the time. It's like me on the scores and, you know, the scores and whatever app we use. What is that one called? The Green Whistle one. I love that app. Scores and ah, scores and odds. I think it is. It's got a green whistle for an icon. I have that thing open like four or five times a day, just watching stuff move and setting an alert for if lines move on certain uh, certain games, whether it's a, a total I'm watching or whatever. But yeah, it's been fun. I've always been big on shopping around, and it, it, that's another thing too. You know, even just shopping around, you can get instant closing line value. You know, let's say I don't have Pinnacle. We use Pinnacle as a measuring stick, but sometimes there's just a book that'll that'll be hanging a slightly different number. And you know, it's not like you you got the better line on Pinnacle because maybe that's where it's at at that certain point. But you can you can get instant closing line value just by shopping and taking the right number at the right book at the right time. Yep, it's it, it's like how we talk about with with Bodog Bovida. Or even like my bookie, how sometimes there can just be a nasty dog line on that where you can get an extra point even, which is if you get a full point difference from a different book, it's like what Alex did where he just bet a he bet a game. I'm sure he handicapped it, obviously. It's not like he hadn't looked at it at all, but he bet a game strictly because it was a full point and a half off the regular market, which was, and I'm glad it came through because that was probably the right thing to do. Yep, I remember that. And um, what's what's really funny is, is just a second, um, listener maybe uh, don't know, we have that uh, Twitter chat group and on Sundays, like um, around close to 1 p.m., we just talk about all our closing line value and how we are beating <laughs> the closing lines. <laughs> it's, a really, it's really been a drastic change in how I approach uh, the kickoff on Sundays. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, you're just um, waiting waiting for the kickoff to happen so you can go look at what it came to. Yeah. It's yeah. not closing yeah. until it closes. Yeah. What uh what what about uh you know tracking down low low vig books? Has that been been uh, you know pretty worthwhile for you, Suma? Uh yeah, absolutely. Um I've been using three books this this year, uh, Lovig, Bookmaker and um, Pinnacle. 
and it's been working pretty well. Um, but um, after seeing how much value Andy and Alex got with uh, mybookie.ag, <laughs> I might seriously <laughs> consider it for next year. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to bet some sticky dogs, there's no doubt you're going to get a better number there for sure. Um, okay. Uh, what about uh, on the field itself? Uh, Suma, is it fair to say that uh, we sit here with three games left to play for every team and we pretty much know there's like 10 spots are locked uh, for the playoffs and there's really only one in each conference that's up for grabs? I would say in the AFC there are still two spots up for grabs when you look at the playoff picture. Uh, Steelers face the Patriots this week and um, I think Tom Brady is 7-1 and one against Mike Tomlin. So there's a decent chance that the Steelers might lose this game. And if the Ravens actually beat the Buccaneers and uh, the Colts beat the Cowboys, the Steelers won't be in the playoff picture on Monday morning. Oh, so, man. So if John would have, prevails in those three games, Steelers are on the outside looking in with two games to play? Yes, absolutely. And they need to travel to New Orleans also. <laughs> Oh man, how how the fortunes changed because it was not all that long ago. I felt like the Steelers were actually in contention to get a bye, uh, and now they have to play two of the toughest teams in the league just to stay alive. Um, yeah, fascinating. Andy, do you think uh, for the NFC side, we're talking? You know, there's five five spots are taken. Dallas and Seattle are for sure in. In your mind? Yeah, it'd be hard for Dallas to screw it up. They'd almost have to lose out, wouldn't they? Uh, I've seen some odds. I think Rufus <clears throat> Rufus Peabody put up some stuff as far as odds of teams making the playoff if they won out. And it was kind of uh, eye-opening as far as people wanting to bet on the Packers. I mean, even with winning out, he had them as 25% to make it in. So those there's kind of those bottom-level teams that still are alive, but it, it just feels like Probably Minnesota or gosh, what I'm gonna have to pull up the standings again. I'd looked at this earlier. What were you thinking there? I'm 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 putting I'm putting Seattle and Dallas in for sure. Like that's I'm putting just, Seattle and Dallas in for sure too. Seattle Seattle's schedule, you know, no disrespect to the Cardinals. They're they're putting a solid effort forth for a team that probably should tank. But I, what they play the Cardinals two more times. I don't know if they there's a, a world where they lose both of those games. So. Do they yeah, play them twice more? No, they only play, them, they only play them once. They got San Francisco and the Cardinals, so you may as well, oh. you know, if you're lumping them together, yeah, 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 that's, yeah. Not, that's not a that's not a huge huge reach. Yeah, uh, they, what just, about, um, they just played them. What about uh, um? Yeah, no, I agree. With you. Seattle punch, Seattle, Seattle, and Dallas punched their tickets last weekend. In my mind, uh, I think Dallas clinched the uh, NFC East, and and uh, <laughs> and Seattle punched their wild card ticket, beating the the Vikings. Um, and I don't know. And then it, it's the kind of a card. mess. It's a mess below there because Eagles skins, um, Eagles skins, and Panthers are all six and seven and very much alive because they're just that half game back from Minnesota. So. Who knows? I, I don't really have a prediction on that. I mean, if you wanted to put, if if you break down the schedules and look at it, and you like someone, I'm sure there's some nice numbers out there. Minnesota's like minus 140 in the markets right now to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I see with that half game lead, so you're gonna get plus money on whoever else if you want to sounds- break that down and look into a to make the playoffs bet on pretty much anyone else. But I mean, if it's Redskins. Uh, are an absolute disaster as far as the offensive line cluster injuries and the quarterback. 
The Eagles looks like Wentz is going to sit now. The Panthers are kind of a hot mess and they have a tough schedule. So it might just be Minnesota's by default where they kind of does feel like they that. go back to, they go back to soldier field and just get shit canned again. Yeah. That's going to be a bummer. I really don't. I really hate when there's a divisional rematch in the wild card round of the playoffs. I, I, I hate that. that? I love uh, that. I hate that. Oh, I don't want to see a team play for the third time, especially Vikings bears on a rematch. Aren't they playing week 17? I like it. Yeah, I like it when they've played twice and one team has won twice, and then you get to hear like nine million people say, "Oh, it's it's awful hard to beat a team three times in the same year." <laughs> Such a thing. And it's, it's it. very tough to beat a playoff team three times when your quarterback is uh, Kirk Cousins. Yes. Yeah. So that's going to be a problem. So yeah, I think the Vikes probably end up. What seven? What it'll be funny if the Minnesota will end up in the playoffs with a losing record seven, eight, and one. No, nah, they'll be eight, seven, and one. I bet, yeah, eight, seven, and one, probably. Yeah, okay. Suma, who uh, who gets the six, the six seed in the AFC and the <laughs> NFC without a without a detailed explanation, just gut, gut feel who you got? Uh, run the table. Is that gets, possible? <laughs> you like um, Packers? You're gonna go Packers. Just real quick, let's let's say the Vikings struggle to put up another offensive game plan this week and somehow get beat by the Dolphins and the Packers beat the the, the Bears on the road who might come out a little bit flat after that furious Sunday night football win. Um, then you have the Packers one game behind the Vikings. But honestly, that's not really realistic. So... Um, what Andy said that the Vikings pretty much have it by default makes a lot of sense. How about the AFC? Who's your gut say in the sixth seed in the AFC? Um, I will say the Colts. Yes. Andrew Luck and, and the Colts. Punch and, the ticket. Uh, I think it was yesterday. I'm not a big uh, total uh, futures guy, um, obviously, but... Um, on bet365, that's a cash-out book, uh, the Ravens and Colts were 41 or probably are 41 to win the Super Bowl. And if the Steelers lose to the Patriots, there's a decent chance that both the Colts and the Ravens will get into the wildcard round. And then you can pretty much easily cash out your tickets in the first round. That's a great call. Yeah, you could have two guys. Yeah, you're right. They would probably both be underdogs in their wild card games, though, right? We would, t- we would probably yeah. see Colts as underdogs in Texans versus the Texans, and we would probably see uh, Ravens home dogs to the Chargers. Uh, actually, I think uh, Texans yeah. would be the third seed, so they would play the Colts. Yeah, so Col- Colts on the road would be oh. dogs, and, and uh, Ravens at home would be yeah, dogs, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I don't want. I, re- I just really want. I don't want the three sixes to be divisional, which means that's exactly how it's going to go. Um, anyway, okay, cool, cool, cool. Maybe we uh, need to switch to twelve divisions. Uh, Six we'll divisions. Just get rid of divisions altogether. Um, the, yep. Can you believe the Patriots get this? Get rid of conferences. Year? Oh my God, this is the worst Patriots team, and they're going to get a two seed thanks to their god awful, uh, um, the god awfulness of the AFC East. Patriots after this Pittsburgh game, what do they get? The the Bills and the Jets left, like literally, like you can't. You, you, it, this is this is the last kind of tune up for the Patriots before the playoffs. So it'll be an interesting game. Let's let's hold off on capping that and for now. Just because just because I like that 
I like that look so much. I will say um, the one cash out book that I have access to in America here was sportsbook.ag. They have the Ravens at 50 to one and the Colts at a hundred to one to win the Super Bowl. What? What? <laughs> Are you serious? That seems yeah. crazy. Their futures, you know, sometimes theirs are way off the other way where books will have them at 50 and they'll have them at 20. I, I, I feel like some of those long shot futures are just based off maybe more off their, their liability, their exposure. So who knows? But yeah, they have a cash okay. out button. That's where right. I place that bears bet. I'm fully planning on hitting the cash out button on a bear stick eventually. Yeah. I'd wait and I would wait as long as possible because the bears sure as hell look, uh, they look uh, feisty. Um, if they get the three seed and they go to LA for a rematch against the Rams, I'm not exactly sure how confident I am that the Rams, uh, you know, figure it out against that defense. They, that was that was an ass kicking. Um, score didn't even really reflect how bad an ass kicking that was because Trubisky threw so many picks. Um, but that said, let's get into the Week 15 card, and it starts out with a beauty. LA Chargers. Philip Rivers and company, a little battered, a little beaten, some injuries, as usual with the Chargers, head to Kansas City to take on MVP question mark Pat Mahomes uh, in Thursday Night Football finale. Uh, we see this line opened most places at KC three and a half. I've seen it fluctuate between a very, very juicy three uh, and uh, a, a more even juice three and a half all week this week. Doesn't really feel like a ton of people are itching to get involved in this side yet. The total opened at 56 and got absolutely nuclear hammered down to the 53. Uh, the old school sharps were there at the window when they opened this number to hammer the under. Uh, Suma, uh, you going to get involved in this either side or total on Thursday Night Football finale? Probably yes on the sides. And I love the Chiefs here at home. Um, I was actually a little bit surprised by the line. I expected it to be higher. My line for the game is Chiefs minus five. And aside from the Chiefs coming off overtime, overtime, I can't really find any reason to back the balls here. Um, short week, I get Andy Reid against Anthony Lynn. That's a no-brainer to me. Um, the next point is that um, have you all seen Patrick Mahomes last Sunday? I mean, the Ravens' defense, they played almost perfect. They played almost perfect. He was under pressure, I think, 50 on 52% of his snaps, and he still drove the ball downfield, and they scored 24 points before overtime. Um, this young guy is truly incredible, um, and I think this time he will get a defense that isn't quite um, close to the same level of the Ravens. Um, the Chargers have been improving over the season, but they will be without both starting defensive tackles, uh, Corey Legit and Brent Meebane. They are also down uh, Danza Perryman and Kaiser White at linebacker. Um, and they actually have only faced three great passing offenses. Uh, the Chiefs week one, Ray, uh, Rams week three, and Steelers recently, and they allowed 38, 28, and 30 points. And um, I think Mahomes and company, they will be able to run the ball. They will be able to throw the ball. Um, even with Joey Bosa back now, I don't really see how this Chargers defense is going to stop them at Arrowhead. And on the other side, Philip Rivers, they have been playing a great season offensively. He's a legitimate uh, MVP candidate if uh, there wasn't any Drew Brees or Patrick Mahomes. 
but um, the Chiefs are also some kind of his nemesis over his, uh, I think since 2014, they are 0-9 against the Chiefs. And um, over that stretch, he has nine touchdowns and 14 interceptions against Bob Sutton's defense. And they will be without Melvin Gordon, Austin Aguilar. Um, I think running back is the easiest position to replace. But um, without Aguilar and Gordon, you lack some, I think, explosiveness. And um, playing with two rookie running backs uh, in the calls, I don't know if that's the best idea. Um, I will not overthink this and I will probably take, almost likely take the Chiefs. Um, I'm holding out for a minus three, but I think I might also play the minus four here. I think that the Chiefs win by 10 points. Oh, boy. That was the uh, margin in the first matchup, right? Wasn't it like 38-28 or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Andy, uh, boy. That's a pretty compelling case. Uh, did Suma just sell you on a Chiefs, Chiefs ticket this weekend? Oh, he didn't have to. We were talking about this earlier. I'm fully on board. This is just don't overthink. Yeah. Uh, you know, the rookie rookie head coach on a Thursday, Anthony Lynn is worse than a rookie head coach. Like, can we, we should look at that. We need to start doing some classifying. Dumb head coaches on Thursday night. Short week to prepare. Good luck scheming against that offense with a short week to do it. And yeah, the injuries, that's not helping. Even with Bosa back, I just, um, Andy Reid in the playoffs gets some, get some shit, but he is a good coach, especially during the regular season. He's been great. He's, I, I, yeah, like Suma said, the coaching mismatch is huge. And to only be laying three or four at home, yeah, give me, give me four at plus money or whatever it is, right? Whatever I could sell that to right now. I bet I bet I could sell out to four and get a plus number because, yeah, same as Suma. Like, it feels like this is this is a game that gets away from the Chiefs or Chargers. Hmm. Uh, question for you. Do you think... What uh, about Mah- you? What did you bet? Well, let me ask you real quick. Uh, you think Mahomes win this, wins this game on national television with uh, three weeks to play? He cements the MVP? Boy, if, if, he, if he drops like 35-42 on the you know, if he drops a bunch and gets three, four, five touchdown passes, like one of those games he had early in the season, it kind of does cement it. He's already a minus one fifty favorite right now. I think if he has a great game, that pretty much takes care of it. What if it's like 30, 20, 10 point win for the Chiefs and he's Penny has two or three touchdown passes? Still breezes has has I think a chance he's still to close. Yeah, I mean, Breeze would have to have some. It's bounced back and forth. You know, it kind of depends on what Breeze does too. You have a second part to the equation there, but yeah, I mean, if he just does doesn't have a stinker too, I think he's got it. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I've summarily overthought this one uh, because I bet the uh, Chargers plus three and a half um, on a neutral field. I think the Chargers are a better team. Uh, I know Suma's points about who is not in this game in terms of injuries uh, is valid. Um, Chargers without Melvin Gordon and Eckler uh, are going to have to lean pretty heavily on Phillip Rivers in the passing game. Uh, the Chiefs defense where they are, you know, especially weak is in the running defense. I mean, you know, the way that you kind of dictate, uh, um, you know, you the way you dictate the game against the Chiefs is you kind of, you know, just play keep away. Uh, and beat up on their, you know, sorry-ass run defense. Uh, and to a degree, I think the Chargers and their rookie Jackson can do that. Uh, I'm probably going to be looking for some Jackson over yardage props. I think he's going to have a nice day. Uh, I think, um, you know, on a neutral field, I favor the Chargers by about two points. 
Uh, and a lot of that comes down to the fact that the Chiefs without uh, wear, I think, are slightly less dynamic. I think the running back missing for the Chiefs is a bigger deal for uh, is a bigger deal than the running backs missing for the Chargers, just in terms of who they can replace him with. Uh, and uh, Tyree Kill with a uh, with a banged up heel um, in the cold weather may not be particularly spry. Uh, Casey Hayward is a good cornerback; he should be able to you know may, you know keep keep Hill in check. Uh, and then uh, you know. The matchup of the game that I think is going to, you know, be the one to watch is the young safety Derwin James up against Travis Kelsey. Uh, teams that have defended Kelsey well have made it a lot tougher on the Chiefs to move the ball consistently and score points. Um, the fact that this is, you know, is a pretty big spot, uh, and uh, the the Chargers two weeks ago on Sunday Night Football went into Heinz Field, came away with that comeback win. I think that that is a good bellwether for the type of effort that you can expect out of this Chargers team. They let down last week, obviously, looking ahead to this game. Uh, I don't think that the short week really means all that much to Anthony Lynn because I don't know how much he's installing in the offense and defense anyway. Uh, I don't think the short week of prep is is harmful to them. Uh, and uh, they'll kind of rest on what they do best in you know in the offensive side of the ball, and they should be able to you know, put some pressure on the Chiefs in terms of, um, you know, scoring points here, which really just means I need the Chargers defense to have, uh, you know, some sort of a game, cover up Pretty Kelsey. Good Pretty good day. I don't know that I'm willing to go out on a limb and predict the Chargers upset here. I'm not going to be betting them on the money line. I have a razor thin edge on plus three and a half, uh, but uh, this is an evenly matched game. Last team with the ball can, you know, last team with the ball kind of, you know, game where, uh, you know, whoever has the ball last kicks a field goal, wins the game. And if I can get out to three and a half with relatively flat juice, then I will take that in this spot and uh, see if the Chargers uh, can, you know, do me right in the second straight primetime game holding plus three and a half. Suma, any of those points make any sense to you or do you think I've overthought this? Very good argumentation. I can argue with that. Um, something I want to add is that the Chiefs will, I think, 99% get Eric Berry back. Um, and I think that matches up well with Antonio Gates on crucial third downs and might also be a huge motivation boost for the crowd and for the whole defense, with, mm. which might be yeah. the factor in that game. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a fair point. Um, the, the, it's a uh, tough place to play, but... Yeah. San Diego or LA plays 16 road games a week or a year anyway. Yeah, right. That's a great point. They do play 16 road games a year. They're used to it by now. Uh, Suma, real quick question for you. I know you follow. I got I got a couple more points that I want to hit on this game before we move off. I think this is worth spending a little extra time on. Uh, Suma, I know you kind of are very, very skilled at evaluating offensive, defensive line matchups and things like that. Uh, do you... and by the way, the Chiefs defense, when they've succeeded, it has been because they have been able to get very, very, very timely uh, pressure and pass rush. They did it to Lamar Jackson when they needed it last week. Uh, you know, it, it, it seems to be their only wild card they can play on defense to try to dictate the game when they don't have the ball. Uh, do you think that the pass rush for the Chiefs has any kind of an advantage or an edge against the Chargers offensive line? Yeah, I think um, the wide tackle spot for the Chargers, uh, Sam Tevi, 
who plays for Joe, Joe Barksdale. I think that might be a mismatch. Um, default is having a pro world campaign. And um, if they can really get that one-on-one -on, -one on the outside, that might cause um, a lot of pressure for Philip Rivers on, on longer passing downs. And um, that might also be some kind of an X factor here because I think they, uh, the Chiefs have a pretty good edge rush. Um, um, that uh, Jones guy on the interior, I, I've uh, forgotten the first name, um, is also a solid pass rusher. So that might truly be the difference maker in this game if yeah, they Chris, can get Chris uh, Jones. Chris Jones, Chris Jones. Yeah. If they can good, can good pressure on the outside. Hmm. Andy uh, is. Uh, we haven't really seen much or heard much from Joey Bosa this year because he's been injured for most of the year. Uh, if it's now or never, really for him this season. Uh, do you think he makes an impact in this game? And is he going to be matched up with uh, Jeff with the G's brother? I think he's going to be yes. matched up and against Mitch, Jeff with the Mitch G's brother. Mitch isn't bad either. Um, he's, he's been a little banged up lately, though, I feel like. What are, you, what are you doing if you're scheming? I mean, you know you know which corners you need to throw away from and you know who you need to double team. And I, I don't think with the injuries, I don't love... I don't love other guys drawing any sort of doubles. I mean, he's going to be just waiting through two guys all night. He's going to get chipped. He's going to catch tight ends. He's going to catch doubles. Like, good luck. He's great. He might fight through all that and have a night and make me look silly, but I'm not too worried about him. Okay. Um, quick thoughts on the total, Andy. 56 was a stupid number. <laughs> Bet down to 52 and yeah, has taken down. money it on the way back up. Does that make sense? No, you think, you think, I, I think... I think yeah. probably 52, 53. Like, I, I, I can see people making a case for the over, but I think that 56 was pretty high. Like, I'm, I'm sad we didn't catch that right away. Thought about too. it, didn't do it, didn't think it dropped like that, and whatever. Suma, so you can't catch them all. Is this still an under game in 53, Suma? Close, close. I completely agree with the market move down from 56. I, I think it was too high. I, I told you that I expected it in the 53, 54 range. Um, I, I agree with the market move, but um, I wouldn't touch the total either way. So I, I think it's pretty good at 53 now. Okay, Andy, we're probably going to see team totals of KC 28 and a half and uh, Chargers 24 and a half. Who uh, who's more likely to uh, make their team total? Casey. Okay, you think they get into the thirties? Just, just like the other week when we said we said what did I say the other week? Casey over thirty-five, just bet it. Okay, so so you're feeling like thirty twenty is the final score, or thirty thirty-one yeah. thirty-one or 30, to thirty-four points, and yeah, uh, thirty-one Suma, to same, thirty-four. Same for you. My score prediction is 31-21. 31-21. Mm, okay. All right. I'm at, I think I'm at like 27-26 uh, or 28-27. I think I have a one-point win here for the Chiefs. Uh, and not feeling great about it. Not feeling great, Bob. Um, okay. No. Hey, well, uh, on, to, on to Sunday. Or, oh, record scratch. <laughs> noise. <laughs> no, wait. Oh, man. It's not like they're good games, though. No, they're not. Like, it but sucks. It's a like, it's, I was pumped when somebody put that in one of the chats. Like, oh, they're Saturday football. And I, I looked ahead because I usually don't differentiate, you know, all the early games. And I liked them like, ah, oh. like they're not good games. So it doesn't mean I won't watch both of them probably all the way through. But Yeah, better than the stupid Heisman Trophy presentation. 
Oh yeah. What a sham. That was awful. And that, that, that's my, the Heisman weekend is my least, my least favorite weekend of sports in the entire last half of the year. <laughs> really? Like I just hate it. I hate it. Um, you got to get into FCS football. I was, I was betting a lot of that. Okay. Well, I didn't even know that was a thing. So there you go. Um, let's talk about Saturday's game. So we got two, we got a double header. Uh, we got uh, Houston and Deshaun Watson coming off of a tough beat against the Colts at home. Uh, going to New York, to the Meadowlands, the blustery, windy Meadowlands in December to take on Sam Darnold and company and a Jets squad, Suma's Jets squad, that uh, I can't really put my finger on. I don't know what to expect out of these guys. I'm sure Suma knows, so it'll be interesting to hear his perspective on that. But before we get there, Andy, you tell me a little bit about what you think the state of the Houston Texans is. Is this a get-right spot for them? They were at home three weeks in a row, and predictably in the third week at home, they looked a little sloppy, a little sleepy, uh, and got got caught by the cheat, by the uh, Colts. Uh, do you think they get yeah, right in this somebody, one? Somebody made a good point about the uh... – the Jets offensive line and yeah, defensive lines travel. I think that's going to be a problem. Put Darnold back on the field just to run into that defensive line. That's no fun. And honestly, that whole defense has played pretty well over the winning streak and even into the Colts game. You're going to, I mean, Andrew Luck was probably the best quarterback they faced during that stretch. And he, he started off slow, but he did what he's been doing all year. Yeah. Um, 400 yards on Andrew Luck. And I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather face, you know, and Sam Darnold on the road than Andrew Luck at home, obviously. I mean, yep. and, and the line until the line being a couple points higher will exhibit that. So I, I don't know if I'll get involved, but I definitely lean Houston because it does feel like a bounce back spot, even traveling. And I don't know what we're going to see out of Darnold after coming back from injury, especially against that defense. Yep. The Jets just got so, a kind of. Uh, the Jets just got a Super Bowl esque win against the uh, the the yeah, Brown the Bills. Sorry, they just went on the road. They beat the uh, their rival Bills uh, for to not be the suckiest team in the NFC in the AFC East. Um, Suma, where do the Jets go from here? Have you seen anything out of Darnold that makes you think that they're a frisky dog at home in the spot getting six points? Um, when it comes to Darnold, I'm quite optimistic for next season but not for this Saturday against this uh, furious defensive line behind this offensive line. Um, I, I agree with Andy. Um, classic bounce-back sport versus a letdown sport after that last-second Bills win. Um, and Todd Bowles went for it on fourth down, gentlemen. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. I was just clapping at home. <laughs> um, but I think um, the Texans will be too much here and one of my matchup angles is uh, Bill O'Brien wants to ground a pound. He wants to run the ball on early downs. Um, the, te the Texans have the highest run rate in the league, the highest run rate on first down, even more than Brian Scottenheimer. Uh, we saw it last Sunday when they faced <sighs> top five run defense in the Colts. And on first down in the first half, the Texans called five passes and eight runs. The eight runs went for 1.5 yards per carry, and overall they had 3.1 yards per attempt on first down. So um, it's pretty it's pretty easy. Uh, Bill O'Brien wants to call runs on early downs, and if the Texans are able to run the ball on early downs, they will be successful. Uh, the Jets are below average against one. I think they are 22nd in success rate against the one on, on first down. 
20th in run DVOA overall. So I think uh, the Texans offense will roll on Saturday. And on the other side, I just don't trust Sam Darnold behind this offensive line against uh, the likes of Whitney Merciless and uh, JJ Watt and Jadavion Clowney to move the ball any anywhere down the field. Mm. Um, I think that might be a classic low-scoring beatdown by the Texans. Okay, interesting. The um, the total's pretty low. Uh, and in fact, I kind of have talked myself into an overposition here. Um, it's sitting at 41.5 right now, relatively flat juice. Um, I think, uh, and really, I think that the angle to help the over here is that you could see a pretty sloppy game. Uh, you got two young quarterbacks. Uh, you got, you know, Deshaun Watson. We haven't seen uh, him to prove to be the most um, accurate passer. And I could see the Jets come away with a couple of turnovers, get a couple short fields. Similarly, Sam Darnold is a turnover machine. Uh, if this over doesn't hit, I probably because the turnovers happen in the red zone instead of at midfield or in yeah, yeah. territory. They happen in the wrong spots. Yeah, I mean seriously, like that 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 is kind of the difference in this game. They either turn their if they're turning yeah, it over, the Reds are not screwed. If they're not, then I think uh, the thing, this thing sails over. Um, I like that. Uh, you know, I mean, I you know to help the over, uh, the Texans can probably not give their cor- their ailing corner cornerbacks a full complement of snaps both uh both of their starting cornerbacks need some uh need some rest they've you know they've looked a little beaten up they're not you know and, and really like we just saw Andrew look throw for 400 yards on him after taking the first quarter off um you know I could see Darnold getting some you know developing some chemistry with Robbie Anderson having a little bit of success in the passing game here um all I really need out of the Jets is like 17 points because uh, I think the uh, I think the Texans and that and, might be a big ask. You think seventeen is a big ask? I feel like this is like a twenty eight seventeen kind of game, uh, and this gets it's just ekes over forty one and a half. Um, if it's a twenty four I mean, seventeen team, game, I'm gonna be pretty sad. I mean, that's the, essentially it's their team total. You're looking at like twenty one. Yeah, I mean their team total is gonna be right around seventeen. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, so you're saying them to get 17 points according to the market is like a 50, 52% proposition. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's, that's not good. Here's, here's hoping not, though. That doesn't no, feel well, great. They, um, okay. Well, uh, they, uh, Suma, the, uh, Jets going to play for Todd Bowles' job or are they, uh, looking to move him? Ooh. Um, I don't really know. Sometimes I think that, uh, the, especially the defense always plays hard, um, but I can't really say whether they are playing for Todd Bowles. Um, I don't want him to have their. Um, I don't want him to be there next year. I I really hope for a um, young, offensive, creative mind at head coach next year. Um, but the defense always plays tough, um, so I, I can't figure it out whether they are playing for Todd Bowles or not. Um, one more tidbit. Since week six against Buffalo, uh, Deshaun Watson had one game with an interception and one game with a fumble. Wow! Wow! And that, both, both, both in the same that's game. That's crazy. Oh man! So he's due. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> some regression. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's let me ask you. Uh, well, I, yeah. Okay. That's that's fair. Uh, I think the Jets need to move on from Bowles. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if uh, yeah. you know if this gets ugly, if this gets out of hand, if there's a little bit of quit in them in the second half. We'll see. Uh, keep an they eye pretty on that, much though. lost lost the game at Tennessee because of him, because of his uh, stupid decision to 
die uh, accepted uh, 12-man-on-defense penalty. That's right. It's true. It's true. But, I mean, you know, the, the Jets at this point, what is their incentive to win? I mean, are you trying to instill a winning culture in this in this squad, or do you want uh, the you, you want the highest draft picks, draft picks possible next year? Personally, I would want them to lose so they can definitely get a top four pick. Okay. Um, did you know the look? Hey, Andy, did you know you know how we talked about the lookaheads at the in the preseason? This one was the one that was the farthest off from like sort of the Vegas power numbers in the preseason. For some reason, they had this oh, yeah. one lined. Jets minus one and a half in the preseason. So a uh, nice little seven and a, and a half point swing there. Um, let's talk about the nightcap, which is maybe a more exciting, a more interesting game. Um, but where I've taken an under position, Cleveland and Baker Mayfield head to Denver. Uh, they are the buzz of the casual NFL fan. Uh, people love the fact that Baker Mayfield is playing great. The, the uh, relationship he has developed with uh, Freddie Kitchens, the offensive coordinator, is worth paying attention to. Uh, and uh, you have, you know, you have sh- they have shown growth and ability to bounce back from, you know, pretty horrific performances. Um, is this uh, another step in their progression to uh, to put a beat down on uh, a Denver squad? which looks, I don't say beat down, but are they going to go to Denver and come away with a win against a team who was clearly among the most overrated heading into last week uh, and got beat uh, pretty convincingly by the uh, 49ers? Suma, you you feel like the, uh, the the Broncos continue a little bit of a free fall here? Um, yeah, absolutely. I took the Browns plus three at plus one or six early in the week. Um I think the Broncos are vastly overrated. They are one of the most overrated teams in the league. They are banked up on both sides and the Brownies are just playing very, very good football. Um, here are some numbers I found um, today. Um, one is from Jake Burns, that great Browns beat writer, or, or let, let me say analyst and um, tape study guy, awesome pieces, awesome content. Um, in the first quarter during the first nine weeks under Hugh Jackson, the Browns scored a grand total of 12 points in the first quarter. Since uh, Freddie Kitchens is the OC and Todd Haley is gone, they scored 31 points in the first quarter. Um, they just come out firing early in the game. They they attack opposing defenses. And um, since we can, since Freddie Kitchens took over, they are fifth in EPA, expected points added, second in success rate, and fourth in DVOA on offense. Um, this is this is just a top five offense uh, right now, and I I can't really see how Case Keenan without Thomas, without Sanders, with a pretty much banked up um, offensive line, uh, is going to outscore uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, the only real matchup advantage are uh, Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller on the edges against Greg Robinson and Chris Hubbard, but I think Kitchens he he looks so smooth, so um, so creative on offense. I think he will refine. Uh, ways to scheme around that and put uh, his offense into great positions and exploit some holes on the on the Broncos secondary. Um, yeah, I think the Browns will very comfortably win this game. Mm. You take a money line, also, or just sticking with three? No, I I, I just take I t- I took the points gladly. I'm, I made this game. Let me check a pick'em. I make it a pick'em. Okay, so got it. I gladly took uh, plus three. Gotcha. Um, you worried at all about the atmosphere and mile high 
on a Saturday yeah. night in a primetime game. And the, the Browns, if they have one real obvious uh, Achilles heel, it's their offensive line. That unit is not great. Uh, any any concern that the uh, Broncos pass rush is going to get home and just make it a long day for Baker? Yeah, like I said, I think they have a great matchup on the edges, um, but that uh, Browns interior is one of the best in the league. So I think uh, Kitchens will will force the ball through the middle. I think he will pound Chubb um, over the middle. Um, he will use some uh, check blocks um, on the edges and some screens uh, to get this offense rolling. I don't think this is such a great um, matchup advantage that I would be afraid that the Browns couldn't move the ball on them. Um, so yeah, at the end, I, I just can't trust this Broncos team and I'm going with the hot head here. Okay. Well, that's a pretty compelling case. I have to say, I'm thinking about now adding the Browns as a little, uh, little money line tickle for some Saturday night fun. Uh, Andy, you can be on the board with that with me. Yeah. He's, I mean, I, I didn't lean the other way, but I don't love, you know, Browns young, Young quarterback on the road, especially altitude, a little bit of a shorter week. It, it is a tougher defense, but I mean, on the opposite side, Keenum without the receivers, just the way the trajectory of that team right now, I don't think they're in like a bounce back spot. I mean, is there, what is their record right now? They're six and seven, six and seven in the, in the AFC doesn't feel real good, especially when you have, I mean, Ravens, Colts, Titans are all seven and six. And actually, the Dolphins are too. So, I mean, six and seven in the AFC is all but cooked, I suppose, at this point, even though they're probably not mathematically eliminated. I don't know how much they'll get up for this game. And yeah, just Kitchens has got that offense moving. Even, I, I don't think uh, they didn't throw the ball a ton. I, I want to say Mayfield had like 20, 23, low 20s for attempts last week, but they, they know what they have, and it seems to have the offense working with the pieces they have right now. And I, I actually kind of lean to an under in this game. I think these are two pretty decent defenses. And if I did have to fade a quarterback, a young quarterback on the road, maybe that's the way you would do it, especially the, what we talked about with Denver's offense, like 40. I don't know why this is ticked up. I'd actually lean the other way. And I'm, I'm thinking about taking a late Saturday night under. Yeah. I'm with you on the under. I think this is going to be a grind. I think, but I think both the. Uh, I yeah, think it feels grindy. It does. It feels grindy. We know Denver is going to have to lean on their running game. They don't really have anything going right now in the uh, in the passing attack. I don't think you can really make great. You're you're not going to have you know soft spots in the Cleveland secondary to attack really in this in this uh, at least with your wet with current current uh, uh, crew of weapons. Uh, Denver probably has a tough time scoring above 20. Uh, Cleveland, if you can get any kind of pass rush on Mayfield, if you can in any way disrupt there what they want to do in terms of their offensive flow, uh, I think you're going to see a particularly, I think you could see a really slow start to this game. You know, like, you know, like a 7 3, 10 3 type of halftime score. Uh, and holding an under 45 and a half ticket is going to feel great at that point. So that's really where I'm at in this one. Not a, not a, not a, not a real strong play, uh, Sounds but, good. uh, you know, but it should be, uh, but I like, I like that. Uh, I like that angle on Cleveland real quick. Cause I know, uh, you go back a ways with football outsiders, DVOA, uh, Suma, um, does, uh, Denver at, uh, seven in total DVOA and Cleveland at 23. Does that jive? Does that pass the smell test? 
No, 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 no. Um, What's yeah, going on with the Denver DVOA? They were fifth overall last year, like compared to New England was like eighth. Now New England's 10th, Denver's seventh. What, Denver really several spots ahead of New England and total DVOA. What's going on here? I don't really know. I, I'm just checking right now in my browser. Um, I haven't really looked a lot at total DVOA or oh, Denver seventh. That's crazy. That's crazy, right? They were fifth. They were fifth last week behind KC, Chargers, Rams, and Saints. What? I mean, what? I can get that their defense has been playing extremely well over stretches this year, but their offensive DVOA, I I just think that the one game is too much wavered into that. Eleventh um, on offense just doesn't pass the, the eye test. Uh, for example, ESPN's total quarterback rating, uh, Case Keenum is twenty ninth out of thirty one. That sounds um, right to me. <laughs> yeah, so that the DVOA rating doesn't really make sense to me. Interesting. Well, they gotta go. <laughs> they have some tough questions to answer because I certainly don't get that. Um, yeah. Well, uh, hopefully our friend Jay is at the game and has a fun time, despite uh, Cleveland likely coming away with the win. Uh, and uh, we'll uh, we'll ask him about that. In the good chat. luck, Jay. Yeah, good luck, Jay. Um, should be a fun game, regardless, right? It's a Saturday yeah. night, and anyway. Um, Let's talk about Sunday's games. And let's start with uh, one that is so tough to handicap that I am staying 10 million miles away from it. Very clearly away from it. I am so away from this game, I can't even tell you. Uh, Miami and Ryan Tannehill, who's got a bum leg and a bum arm, uh, head to Minnesota where the the Vikings have fired their offensive coordinator uh, and replaced him ostensibly with a guy who wants to do a run first approach with the team that can't run. Um, maybe the under is an un- is a is a, is the one of the easier plays on the card this week. I'm shrugging. I, I really have no idea what to make of this game. Cousins, this got crossed off of my card so fast that so I haven't fast, even yeah. spent time looking. At it. Yeah, it's it's like we talk about. I've talked about this all all year. The uncertainty factor, and this one's high up on the uncertainty scale enough oh, yeah. where yeah, I don't I don't want to mess. I don't even want to mess with the under because I, I worry about some some fuckery on that. Yep, I could see that. Um, there's some influential people out off. there who uh, who feel like this is a gift. Miami money uh, to back. Well, I I yeah, weirdly, there's Miami money has shown, but there is some influential folks out there who feel like this is a gift wrapped. Uh, play on the Vikings. Suma, can you understand that point of view at all? Um, in a neutral situation without without all the offensive coaching troubles, I would say this is a perfect spot to take the Vikings. Uh, they're coming off a primetime loss. Uh, Miami, Miracle. Um, Tannehill is backed up. The Vikings are playing significantly better uh, on defense at home. The Dolphins are poor on the road. So this shapes up like a great spot to take, but like you said, I will I will also stay away. Um, I can actually see a scenario in which Mike Zimmer lost the one game so much that they put Kirk Cousins into <laughs> certain long situations, and then you can see Cameron Wake screaming off the edge, strip sack, fumble six. Um, so I don't really want to invest in this game. Here are some numbers just just for Mike Zimmer. Maybe he listens to this podcast. Um, Mike Zimmer, your one game, 32nd in DVOA, 32nd in expected points, 31st in adjusted line yards, 30th in tackles for a loss, and 30th in success rate. 
why the hell do you want to punt the ball? I don't really <laughs> It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. So I will stay away because I just can't anticipate how Mike Zimmer, who said he wants to get involved in the offense, um, will approach this <laughs> game. Andy, the Vikings need to move on from Zimmer. Somebody brought up a good point. I want to say it was Florio with the uh, he he felt like the you know the the De Filippo fire. He's like, does does Zimmer think he might be like the surprise firing of the year? And um, that kind of resonated. But uh, yeah, I kind of yeah, think, I, think uh, I was so I I try to keep an open mind, especially it's tough with the Vikings who I follow as a fan. And I loved Zimmer so much at the beginning, but somebody brought up a good point about, and maybe it was Joey Kinesh, I think, about Zimmer maybe not being right in, in today's NFL anymore. Or it probably was a really good hire a few years ago when they grabbed him. But just the way the NFL has, I don't know, you want to say evolved, a, a, a hard-nosed, defensive-minded head coach, that might not be the recipe for success anymore. You need a creative, young, offensive mind, and that's not what we have. So unless they really can find a great offensive coordinator to go with him that can fully manage the offense, it might not be it might not be the, the right fit anymore. It seemed like they had that in Filippo, didn't it? I don't know. Who knows? I mean, obviously, they, you know, it's obviously tough to know what the inner mesh. you don't know what the inner work are. You don't know what, what's going on, how much he's being influenced by the head coach and told, you know, told what to do as far as play calling. So it's tough to tough to know if he was bad at the job or. I don't know. Yeah, Either I way. think a big problem, a big problem was that uh, Zimmer wants to run the ball. But I think the Filippo, if you look at all the yeah. situational pass run ratios, you see that. De Filippo tried to avoid the one as much as he could. Um, he puts an emphasis on the one uh, or the passing game, but I think um, the fact that Zimmer desperately was to run the ball, I think De Filippo just didn't know how to approach any game plan with his head coach um, wanting to run the ball. He has some different um, expectations from an offense. Zimmer has completely different expectations, so I think that that mix wasn't the right fit. I don't think De Filippo was the problem. I'm sometimes I shock my head about the situational play calling, but at the end, I think the the mix of Zimmer wanting to run the ball, Cousins not being as good as advertised, and a bad one, a, a bad offensive line was really the deciding factor. Mm, interesting. Uh, Suma, you're I we haven't prepped for this, I haven't brought this up even, but it came up, it came into mind as we were talking. Uh, if uh, if the Bears last year. If instead of going and getting Nagy and bringing him in as the head coach, if they had said, hey, we got a great defense, our defense loves Fangio, we're going to elevate him to head coach. Do you think the Bears would have had anywhere close to the same success that they've had this season? Because that's basically what somebody's going to be trying to make the case this year because there's such a such a lack of, of, of obvious head coaching candidates. Somebody's going to go out and hire Vic Fangio, aren't they? Is that Zimmer so 2.0? He shouldn't, think so. but they will. I think well, someone's going to hire him. I think Robert Mays made a fantastic point last week on the Winger podcast. He said in 2019, he doesn't want any team to hire a defensive-minded head coach. And I think I would kind of agree with that. I, I, I think, and I feel like if the Bears had done it, they would not be in the playoff hunt this year. I really don't. And you know the the wrinkles that Nagy has had on offense, and the kind yeah, of yeah. the 
you know, the, the, um, you know, the innovation he's really, you know, brought to what they do from an attacking standpoint, I think has gone a long way to getting them to where they sit now in a, uh, in a clear playoff position. Um, so it's, it's going to be I interesting mean, and we'll have to, you know what, we'll have to bring this back once the hirings come up and, and just kind of appropriately yeah. figure out the right teams to fade next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, interesting to see who, uh, where the, where the Vikings go. And that, uh, that note, uh, that, uh, you brought up Andy seems reasonable. I could see Zimmer being the surprise firing and I can, cause obviously the management, uh, you know, they have, they have, the, they have rostered this team, you know, for a modern NFL. They brought in D. Filippo, intending to be more like what they saw out of the Eagles last year, which was, you know, somebody who was pushing the envelope in terms of, you know, smart decision making. Uh, and, you know, they obviously couldn't mesh with the existing coach. Uh, so there's a, if there's a, a move in Minnesota, I won't be surprised, especially if they don't make the playoffs. I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, it's signed, sealed, delivered. If they don't right? make the playoffs, then, yeah, it's going to happen. Even if they do, you think he gets, is likely to get canceled? Ah, really tough to say, but I, I think, I think if they make the playoffs, they'll end up sticking with him. Interesting. What Especially if they, if the if offense, they win? If, if they the win offense their looks way good in the next few weeks, I mean, I don't want to go too hypothetical, but if the offense looks decent the next few weeks, it'll look like Zimmer made the right move with that, and that'll that'll buy him the year. Okay, got you. I got you. So they can win their way in week seventeen, hosting the Bears, and then go to Soldier Field and get their asses kicked in the wild card round, and he still comes back in twenty nineteen. Yeah, probably. Okay. Well, we'll have to clip that little piece of audio if that's how it actually does play out. Uh, let's talk or not about Oakland, Cincinnati. This is uh, skip. Uh, and Just Andy, don't and skip this. We've this, got we got eleven more games. Let's skip this, this one. Is this the worst game of the season? Real quick. No, because the worst game of the season is Washington, Jacksonville. <laughs> okay. Uh, how about Tampa Bay, Baltimore? Skip it too. Tampa Bay, Baltimore is interesting. Uh, we haven't seen Baltimore commit to Lamar Jackson yet. They're eight point favorites. Uh, Tampa Bay was kind of a feisty sharp pick the last couple weeks. Uh, they burned the sharps at the stake uh, in the fourth quarter against the saints last week. Um, but uh, their defense is playing a little better, but definitely better than they were over the first half of the season. Baltimore's defense we know is, uh, is legit. Uh, Suma in what universe am I not taking under 46 in this game? Uh, it's opened at 47. It got bet down to 46 and a half minus one Oh seven. I'm selling even more. I'm being even more aggressive here. I feel like this stays in, you know, get lands around 40. Um, is, uh, is, am I going to capture some closing line value on this? Is this thing going to continue to steam down? Tough to say. I would think so. I would think it's currently, uh, 60, uh, 46 and a half. Um, I can see this line dropping to like 45.5, 45 by game time. Um, yeah, I can't really make a compelling case for the over because um, you saw what the Saints did to the Bucks offense, which I think is kind of underrated, but uh, the Saints played a lot of man coverage across the field and uh, Winston didn't really know where to go with the ball and the Ravens are able to do that with Jimmy Smith and Marlon Humphrey, so um, I can't really see the Bucks scoring tons, tons of points. And on the other side, um, Lamar Jackson, Grogan Power, lot lots of runs, lots of making the clock, lots of tick, tick, tick. So, yeah, I can't really argue with the under here. Uh, Andy, uh, 
I mean, I'll, I'll just spoil it. This is maybe one of my favorite plays of the week. Uh, the ones we've covered where I've made plays so far, I've been a little lukewarm on. I really like this under a lot. Um, I think Tampa Bay's you defense. Get, you get 47? Uh, no, I bet 46. I, I, sold, I sold down. Two, I thought you said points. you sold it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I sold down. I think, I, I think I'm at 46 plus 100. Um but I'll confirm that for you here. Uh, either way, I think uh, Tampa Bay's defense is decent at stopping the run. That's obviously what Baltimore wants to do. Um, I think you're talking about weakness versus weakness here in a lot of ways. Uh, and, you know, Tampa Bay's strength in the passing game going up against uh, Baltimore's strength you know, defending the pass. So this uh, this feels like a nice look at the under. If there's, if there's any semblance of weather, if it's cold, uh, if it's windy, then I'm even happier. Um, we haven't seen Baltimore at home in a couple weeks, have we? Anyway, I'm at I'm at under 46 plus one or two in this. Uh, I like the I think... point. I like your I like your bet. I like the the market agrees. I think you're right. Um, I think Tampa will have some trouble scoring. I just worry about Baltimore. If Baltimore's starting to open up the offense a little more, it might get a little sweaty. Are they opening it up though? If they do, I think I think they they have to eventually. If they want to get, if they they feel like they're a playoff team, if they want to win in the playoffs, they do have to bring it up a little bit. Because I, I think if they were able to throw a little more, they could get over that hump. They might have been able to beat the Chiefs because that that has to be such a heartening. You don't want to say moral victory or whatever or a, a good <laughs> loss, but to keep it that close, be like. We're not far away. We need to just make a couple adjustments, and we're a legitimate contender to win the AFC. Like they have to be thinking that right now. So I think they're gonna they're gonna have to open it up a little bit more to compete with the offenses in the AFC. And I I don't know. I'm I'm not involved in this game, but I I do like your angle. I'm not saying that they're gonna be they're not gonna be running an air raid offense this week. I think it's gonna be a process. no. No, does eight seem like too many? It seems right. I'm it not gonna. Right I'm not gonna lay that. But I'm not gonna. I don't feel like taking Tampa in the points is the right move uh, right now. Interesting. Uh, Ravens. You, do you? I, what about what about you? You think uh, they fall in a teaser zone, Suma? Uh, yeah. Um, I think. Yeah. Uh, let me check. It's currently minus seven point five. Uh, minus one oh one at Pinnacle. Um. Pretty much seven point five across the board. I think it's a great teaser. I can't really see the Bucks upsetting them. <laughs> Home fave seven and a half. I like that one yeah. too. Um, Sumo, tell me yeah. a little bit about what you think the uh, what happens here from for Baltimore uh, after this Bucks. Assuming they get the Bucks win, uh, let's uh, you know let's look to week sixteen. They got to go out to LA to play the Chargers, uh, and then they finish off with the Browns. This is not an easy road for them to make the playoffs. Uh, Do you like their chances? Yeah, I like their chances. Um, I think the Steelers' schedule is a big factor here because even if um, the Ravens drop one, let's say, against the Chargers or the Browns, uh, the Steelers are likely to drop two against the Pats and the Saints. Um, But other than that, I think they are currently... Uh, the sixth seed is it what? Uh, that sounds right to me, yeah. So, um, just they, are, they, are, po- the, they held the tiebreaker there, okay? Yeah, so just based on the position and the Steelers' schedule, I really like their chances. Um, Browns, Bucks, and the Chargers are all 
I think bottom half teams against the one on the back end. So I think I think the Ravens they they can pretty much go two and one and uh, somehow sneak into the playoffs. Nice. Okay. Uh, well, the other team that they'll be fighting with a playoff spot for in the wild card and uh, in is also home and is also a favorite, albeit not as many points as the Ravens. And that's Andrew Luck and the Colts. They host Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, who are coming off of three straight home win covers. Cowboys just clinched the East effectively with the news that Philadelphia is putting uh, Wentz into mothballs for the rest of the season. Uh, what uh, what to expect here in terms of a Dallas motivation, Andy? And are we going to just keep riding the Colts until they r- run us off the ground or run us off the road? Yeah, probably. Like, uh, this is a look I haven't made yet. Um, I mean, the market, there there is a juicy two and a half or nice, nice, easy threes. I'm dangerously good. The, the Dallas's defense being a little, being a little better the last half of the season kind of scares me. We saw, I just can't get that Jacksonville game out of my head. That really worries me with uh, Indianapolis, but getting them at home, Dallas coming off a big win, probably like a, a division clinching, at least a playoff clinching win. I mean, their, their playoff chances have to be in the 90% right now. So I, I do like the Colts here. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. I, I'm interested to see. The market came in a little bit on the Colts, if you want to call the two and a half at Bookmaker the Open, but it, it's pretty much stayed. Static. I, I'm I'm waiting to pull the trigger on this one. I do lean with the Colts, but another thing that scares me, and I hate letting this happen. I do have some future exposure on the Colts. I took them Colts division, Colts AFC, Colts Super Bowl. I have some bigger numbers <laughs> on there. So essentially, like essentially, I've already bet this money line. It's like we talked right. about this time of year. Right. I hate letting that. You know, I hate letting that affect a handicap because I think if I didn't have those, I would play the Colts. Okay. Well, I played the Colts. Fuck, I'm, I'm playing. I, I know. I, I'm playing. I'm playing. And, uh, it, Suma, uh, Frank Reich, uh heading to Dallas. I mean, they're going up against Dallas. He knows how to attack this defense. Uh, he should have a game plan that is, um, you know, that puts points on the board for the Colts, despite as great as the Cowboys' defenses look to this point. I think the Cowboys' defense has been assisted a lot playing at home. Over the last three weeks, I think you might see a little bit different unit on the road here. Um, any uh, any of these points making you interested in a Colts plus three position or minus three position? Yeah, absolutely. My line for the game is minus two and a half, um, and I like I really like the situational spot and the matchup. Um, as you said, um, the the Cowboys just clinched their division. I think Jason Garrett saved his job. Um, Prescott saved his um, new contract. Uh, they are very satisfied. Um, they have their seat pretty much locked in, I guess. So they they will now travel to Indy on the road to play against a hungry Colts, uh, Colts team that has lost one game in the last eight or seven. Um, and I really like the matchup because the Colts have a top five run defense. Um, the Cowboys want to pound the ball, want to pound Zeke. So I think the Colts will be able to give them troubles on offense, especially without Zach Martin, right guard, who is probably out. Um, so I think the Cowboys will struggle to move the ball and the Colts will just go um, pass heavy because they probably won't run the ball just like they did against Houston. Like I said, 40 passes, five runs on first down in the first half. 
they will approach this game like they approached Houston. And um, I think there are some some holes on the Dallas pass defense, even though the defense overall is, has been playing great. But Andrew Luck might might find ways to score. And um, when the Cowboys finally get away, it might be over. So ah, I like the Cowboys here. It. And I would love to get minus two and a half, but I can also see this line closing minus three. Yep. If Dallas was, if Prescott was throwing more accurate deep balls, I would have a completely different take on this game. He missed so many opportunities to yep. put points up on the board and have a comfortable win against the Eagles at home, uh, you know, against, you know, guys that they were pulling out of the hardware store to play cut cornerback, you know. And the, I know that the Colts defense is not great, uh, but they sure as hell it's showed been better, up last though. week. It's been they better the sure past few hell, weeks, yeah. They sure as hell showed up last week, and they I feel like they're making improvements on that side of the ball. Um, and this feels like a nice spot for Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts and Frank Reich to uh, um, to get an, an important win at home. And having them at minus three even money is a is a is a pretty solid bet for me. I like that look a lot. Um, let's mm-hmm. go Colts. Let's go. Um, skipping Detroit Buffalo. That okay with you guys? Yeah. Why? One why sentence. One game? sentence. <laughs> what do you got? One sentence handicap. What do you, What do you got for Detroit Buffalo, Suma? Uh, I kind of like the Bills, but I hate to bet, a, <laughs> bet on bad teams, so I will likely skip this game. But Matt Stafford on the road in cold weather without offensive weapons, sign me up on the home team. But um, I will probably, I probably can't bet on the Bills. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm exactly with you, actually. Andy, does that make three of us? If if it weren't, the yeah. Bad, and this it, isn't it, even this right. isn't even one. This isn't even one that I'd like. You know, if it ends up Detroit plus two and a half, this is one I'm going to have to skip over for a teaser leg too. Just yes, yes. The, the way they're playing, and with with the wide receiver injuries, and then and then at the same point, I I'm not going to lay points with Buffalo right now. They they've no way, shown no a little friskiness. But it's not something so skip this one is tough this next one is so tough i'm gonna watch a ton of this game even though i'm not gonna have a bet on it i have i am leaning so hard that i'm about to fall out of my chair on the green bay packers here getting an upset win in soldier field after the intensity that the bears showed in that primetime game against the rams i just can't help myself but expect that there's some motivational letdown the packers have confidence right now uh, and feel alive. They know that they have a chance to get the sixth spot in the wild card. I feel like Suma, you tipped your hand a little bit in the preview that you feel the same way. Are you going to be betting on the Packers this week? Uh, probably not. Um, but I kind of lean Packers on the side as well. Um, if this game was played three weeks ago, I would probably say Chicago by two touchdowns easily. But like you said, um, the situational spot, um, it's, it's. I think it's tough to put up the same intensity on defense like they did last year, uh, last week against the Rams. Um, Rodgers might just take as many shots, um, desperately fighting for a wildcard spot. And yeah, I, I think the Bears have locked up their third seed when I'm right. So I think they might come out a little bit flat here, uh, even though it's a big rivalry. And I kind of like the over as well, uh, because I think they want to get Trubisky going after his shoulder injury. Rogers will 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 take shots downfield. Um, they will be the best will be without their slot corner Bryce Callahan. I think that's a very underrated injury. Um, so I I like the over here. I think both teams can score in the twenties. 
I fully support your look there. I, I think that you are onto something good. I haven't heard anyone make that else make that case, but you you are pointing out some very key um, factors that may make this go up. We saw some dummy money maybe pull this down from forty six and a half to forty five. Yeah, yeah. uh, Andy, uh, are you going to bet this one, or is this a, a watch and see? This is probably just a watch, but God, now like Suma had some good points on that over. Yeah, I, I might bet that really over. at the total. I might add that over. The, the only thing I worry about is, um, I mean, I Green Bay, a big, a big problem for Green Bay is the defensive backfield. I mean, if if you think Mitch can get uh, the ball downfield with some accuracy, then the Bears will score some points. I I don't know how confident I'm in that. I'm, I'll be cheering for the Bears. This is, I'm, I'm, I won't bet this game. Be cheering for the Bears. You want you want them to put Aaron Rodgers out of his misery for 2019 or 20. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him on his ass a lot. What? Uh, just out of curiosity, real quick, Andy, what do you think this line would have been, would be if the Packers had beaten the Cardinals and not fired Mike McCarthy? Because they would be very much like people would be expecting them to get that sixth playoff spot. It'd still be like four, wouldn't it? Yeah, maybe three, three and a half, four. Yeah, yeah. So, are there a couple free points here? Uh, I mean, they need a lot of help. They know they need help. Like things have to happen. They aren't just like, oh, we'll win out and go to the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. There needs to be some specific things to happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna look for the over as well. Um, They, the, the, uh, they got nothing to lose. Green Bay might as well throw the whole kitchen sink at them in this one. Uh, And uh, yeah, speaking of nothing to lose, the Tennessee Titans are still alive. They are coming off of extra rest after playing Thursday night football and hanging one on the Jags. Another one where I'm leaning so hard towards Tennessee that I'm about to fall out of my chair, but I could not pull the trigger. Is anyone willing to talk me into betting the Titans this week? Uh, Or are the Giants too frisky to fade? Uh, Suma, you got a feel? No, 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 no. No feel for this game. Two teams I just can't really get a grip on. I think the Giants are completely overrated because they had some wins against really, really bad teams. Redskins without a quarterback. Um, The Buccaneers who threw like five interceptions in that game. (laughs) They still couldn't, could only beat them by three. Uh, Nick Mullins on Monday Night Football in the comeback. Um, so um, I think they're overrated, but I think the Titans are also overrated. I won't bet on this game. Just skip. Andy, two overrated teams. Are you going to put the Titans in a uh, in a tease if they land a two and a half? Oh, I don't know. And the, the Titans have been very tough for me to handicap this year, so I'm probably going to just pass in this game because it's like Suma said with Washington or New York too. They they've won some weird games. They've lost some games. Maybe they shouldn't even like. They're a very high variance team for me. This is a hard skip, especially this time of year. Lines are tight. It's tough to find edges. Like I feel like there's better there's better games on the board. Fair enough. Um, let's skip. The next one, though, which is terrible. <laughs> well, you guys did a good job. Yeah, the, of not I mean, talking we have a full. Titans, we have, so yeah, I don't need to play. I don't we need have to play a full, full. There's a full slate. There's plenty of games. Yeah, I don't, don't, I don't, I don't, don't get involved plays. in these. I, I don't need more plays. Uh, let's talk yeah, about uh, one cent. One sentence handicap suma for Jags hosting the Redskins. Oh, I think Jacksonville's defense is a completely different animal at home, and. I can't really argue if if anyone takes Jacksonville and Teaser down to like minus Ooh. one, minus one. 
Who do you even expect to be the quarterback in this? Cody Kessler. No, no, no. That's for uh, for the Redskins. Ah, oh, well, that's Johnson, baby. That's, that's <laughs> Johnson. Johnson or Johnson? Which Johnson? <laughs> Does anyone even know who this guy Sanchez. is? <laughs> Jake Johnson, Josh Johnson, Jack Johnson. Uh, Josh, Josh, Josh. <laughs> okay, I can actually see that point. Uh, yeah, they play better at home, uh, and they're going to play their way out of a good draft pick for a replacement quarterback. That sounds about right. Uh, what do you make of this game, Andy? One sentence handicap? Yeah, I, I don't mind the teaser angle. That's probably not a, a bad way to go about it. But, yeah, it's a it's an ugly game. I mean, it's it's one of those games where it says undecided on both quarterbacks on <laughs> Sports Insights right now. Like, and that, it's Wednesday. The money, it, it's, it, it's a shitty game with two probably really shitty quarterbacks with a total of 36. And that is why I wouldn't mind taking a teaser because of the low total little less 36 you would think so get i mean washington so is washington is washed like that 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 offensive line there's been some bad cluster injuries that might be the worst one. Oh yeah your whole offensive line and then some quarterbacks get hurt too like it, incredible it's super rough like they probably shouldn't win and i mean jacksonville i wouldn't want to lay the points but if it does close at seven and a half that might be a teaser like yeah it's almost like there's some ancient native american curse on that team it's crazy. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what's a better teaser leg? Jags at home minus seven and a half or Falcons at home minus eight and a half against the Cardinals? Probably Jags right now. Wow. Really? Trust, oh, I wow. Trust Kessler. Kessler wow. over Sark. Kessler over Sark. Speaking of, uh, one sentence handicap for uh, for Falcons, Cardinals, Suma. Oh. oh. I think I would yeah, side with that's Andy. A sentence. <laughs> this is a weird one. I think right now the Falcons are in a state where I could also see them losing to the Cardinals at home. But then again, the Cardinals, they are so bad. Um, it's, it's another sh- shitty game. Um, I just don't want to get involved. Fair enough. Um, Card, you know, Andy, we talked about this a little bit in the preview, but like the Falcons desperately need to move on from Sark. Like this is a, uh, this is a bad joke at this point. The way that they've if they uh, lose con- this one, continue you know, to fail. Fire the head coach. They kind like, of ought can to. the Cardinals claim another Quinn, head coach? I mean, is Dan more. Quinn right? Is Dan Quinn right for this iteration of the NFL? No, I mean the guy. No, he, he literally not. he is like the test case for why you don't want a head coach who doesn't understand strategy and timing. The guy had a twenty-eight-three lead in the Super Bowl and couldn't win. Uh, th- I mean, seriously, they need to completely move on from coaching staff. The Falcons are smart. You think they know that, or do you think that they put on a show for their for their fans? Like, we know it's been a tough year. We are going to light the scoreboard up for you guys because we love you, fans. I would is that, think we were trying to win the game. Oh, it's a definitely a thing. Late in the season, late in this, this is the Falcons' home finale. They go on the road for week 16 and 17. This is their last chance to put on a show for the fans. And that absolutely is a thing. You know, the, the, I'll, I, I bet one Thursday night game a couple years ago, it was the Rams' final game in St. Louis for, at that dome. And I was like, it was some horrific quarterback matchup, Tampa Bay versus Rams, I think. A god awful color rush uniforms. You remember this game? 
Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, but it was it was just two terrible offenses. I was on the under for a wad, uh, and the Rams were literally like, "Hey, we're just going to leave it all out there. We want to thank you, the fans." This is a thing that absolutely happens this time. Did of they year, say that? I just teams. I just can't picture an NFL coach like saying that to the team. Man, boys, we we got to score some points for the people in the seats today. Like, you you can't just, picture Jeff I just can't Fisher getting the Rams fired up. That. Well, no, maybe maybe Jeff Fisher because he's a joke, but I can't see Dan Quinn. And I, I think, yeah, I think, um, oh man, it, maybe 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 that's a thing, but I just I don't see that. I, I I think Arizona's feisty here. I don't know how like pumped. And you know the to the point I was about to make was people are talking. You know, Aaron Rodgers has got a few more years in the tank, and this is such a dream job. Like, man. If if they decide to move on from Quinn and Sark, Aaron Rodgers is two years older than Matt Ryan, and there's way better receivers down there in Atlanta. Like this would be a spot if you want to bring. If there's a young offensive mind, if people are thinking, you know, like somebody can grab Josh McDaniels, wouldn't you want to? Wouldn't you want to see him on your sideline rather than up in Green Bay? Uh yes. Like I, I would. I would be very, dying. Very I would love. Point. I haven't heard I would anyone else love make that to get an offensive mind with Aaron with with Matt Ryan and those receivers. That those receivers, they have good receiving backs. They have they have defensive players that are going to be returning next year. They should be a team that should be looking to make the playoffs next year. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think it is probably time to move on. I'd love to see him move on and get get a good offensive coach. I, at full health, the Falcons are clearly a top five offense in the NFL. And we know going into 2019 that this is an offense-driven league. Uh, if they replace the coaching staff there and bring in an innovative offensive mind, you're, I, you're 100% right. And I haven't heard anyone make that point. Um, Great point. I, I have one question for you guys. Uh, Dan Quinn is a defense coach, you know? Yeah. Um, they have had some injuries on defense. I get that both the starting safeties, Dean Jones, but still, can this defense rank 32nd in DVOA <laughs> and expected points? Yeah, it's it's a, it is. You're absolutely right. I mean, one That's two players here right? and there should not have made this big of a difference, and Dan Quinn should. He he was supposed to be. He was supposed to turn this team, you know, over the course of three years into the next. Seattle, the next Legion of Boom. He hasn't developed anyone solid in the cornerback position. He obviously does yeah. not have the magic that Pete Carroll does of turning no-name cornerbacks into all pros. Uh, and yeah, you're you're absolutely right. There's really no reason to keep Dan Quinn. We've already fired Mike Zimmer and Dan Quinn on this podcast. A guy, a guy that went to the a guy, two guys that made the playoffs last year, one that made the Super Bowl, one that made the NFC Championship game. Uh, yeah, fire them all. Um, wow, we're doing good work, guys. Nice. <laughs> this is great. Um, You're gonna. You're no. No, I gotta look at the Cardinals' schedule now. See who else they can claim this year. (laughs) Nobody. Nobody else has bets on uh, Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals are so fucking bad. They are the worst team in the NFL. Uh, Metrics bear that out. They're worse than the uh, than the Raiders even. So, um, I I want nothing to do with this game. Uh, Let's talk about um, a team that has also dealt with some injury struggles. That has also underperformed to this point in the season, but who is probably a live dog, at least in my estimation on Sunday, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, we saw them open up as six-point home dogs that got bet down in a very, 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 very quick opening fury, uh, and it's down at four and a half. Uh, is there still value to back the San Francisco Niners at that number, in your opinion, Suma? 
Oh, a lot of value gun. Um, I would have liked a sexy plus six. Um, yeah, same. Couldn't pull the trigger early in the week. <clears throat> um, if I showed you, or if I showed a thousand people the box score from the game two weeks ago when the Niners went to Seattle, um, I think that 900 plus people would have come up with a win for the Niners, but they lost um, 16 to 43. They outgained <laughs> the Seahawks, um, I think, by over 100 yards on the road. Um, but they just they, they had some crucial turnovers. They couldn't punch it in in the red zone. Uh, Russell Wilson had like 17 throws and four touchdowns and always those long bombs. Um, I think the key to me in this game is that Shanahan always plays the Seahawks tough because I think he knows how to attack this cover three defense. Um, yes. Just remember the success in the playoffs with the Falcons. Uh, when when the Seahawks also were without uh, Thomas, um, then two weeks ago on the road, 400-something yards. I think he knows how to take this cover three zone defense. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners upset the Seahawks this week. But again, it's Nick Mullins. Um, he's not an NFL starter. He could um, blow the game every single time on every drive. Um, so I wouldn't feel very comfortable um, taking plus four here. I would have liked maybe plus six, um, but at this line, it's a stay away from me. Suma, does it make sense to you if the Niners are alive in this game, it's not because their defense is smothering the Seahawks. It's because they are scoring points. Yes, so the fact that we mixed six, we missed six, but that the total that opened 44 is still sits there at 44 is the over the right look? I'm spoiling. I already played the over, so I just want. I was hoping you were going to say yes, but <laughs> <laughs> I bet over 44 this one. I feel like it's there for the taking, and it's exactly the same angle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I had to, I would probably take the over because um, I can see Shanahan um, coming up with a great game plan again. And less, uh, did you catch that on Twitter that uh, Kyle Shanahan was mixed up last week? Oh, he was? The guy was full of energy in the whole game. Um, he was rooting for Josh Kittle to get another five yards. And um, I think this team is pumped up. They they are playing for every win each week. And Seattle, of that Monday night football game, um, great win against the Vikings. I think they might come out a little bit flat. And the Niners always play tough at home. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners pull the upset. But again, it's tough to put money on Nick Mullins. It is. Like it is. Over. Andy, can you can you uh can you pop this over balloon that I feel like is a really nice look here? Oh, I like the look. I'm staying off this one. I lean Niners. I still lean Niners, but I just feel like a shithead taking the worst of the number. Even if it's not fully the worst, it could take it could take more money and not be the worst of the number. But you miss the six, that's no fun. So I'm staying away. I do like your overlook. I think there can be some points scored. Seattle's defense can be exposed to just uh, not if you pull the game plan that Minnesota pulled. So, yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, and, and I do like if you Shanahan, pull the game plan the, Kyle it's not, They're not a tank. They're yeah, they're not a tanking team. Like he doesn't. It's like Zuma said. He's he's pissing vinegar, full of energy, ready to 
every week's the Super Bowl. He's ready to to go out and win this game. It's a divisional game, and it's in San Francisco or thereabouts. Uh, it's an hour from San Francisco. Yeah, but, Jimmy uh, Jimmy G I, I uh, Jimmy G Junior type of run here for Nick Mullins. He wins the last four games of the season. I don't I don't know about that, but he's he's not he's not he shouldn't be a starter, but. When Jimmy G comes back next year, he'll be one of the better backups. He showed he's he's capable. So I, I yes, think they I will put up some points. Yeah. Okay. 44 plus 100 is what I got, and I kind of feel like it's too good to be true. Um, we saw all that oversteam on Seattle for the Monday night game just get washed. Uh, so maybe people are a little gun-shy about back in the Seattle, Seattle over right now. Um, but uh, I'll take 44 plus 100 any day of the week when you have a live coach like Shanahan uh, at home uh, trying to ruin a, a division fell. Um, all right, let's get into I'm it. I'm seriously taking another look at this now. Wait, okay. wait. I like it. Uh, I, I like it. Uh, uh, let's get into this though. This is the big one. This is the big daddy. The uh, the game, and there's only two oh, 4 o'clock yeah. games. Why the NFL does this, only putting two, who knows? Because, you know, for all and we there know... There was both five left. Well, you I have the know. Saturday games, yeah. I know. We have the Saturday games, but there's a, there's like eight games at one o'clock and only two and four o'clock. Thankfully, everyone will be glued to New England heading to Pittsburgh. Uh, the grudge match between Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger, which feels like it should be competitive and fun, even though you look at New England-Pittsburgh through the Bill Belichick era, and it is a lop sided mess bill belichick owns the steelers like no other coach owns another team that has multiple super bowl wins in his generation it is really something the way that they uh, routinely pound uh the blue the black and gold uh and the fact that they're opening that they opened this at new england minus one was eye opening the look ahead I saw last week, I saw New England plus two and a half out there uh, at like the, I think the Westgate look ahead for this was uh, was Pittsburgh by minus two and a half. It is completely flipped to New England minus two and a half. That is a big move. And it's not really based on any injuries because other than Connor being out for Pittsburgh, they are effectively at full strength. Um, ben Roethlisberger may be dinged, but didn't really look like that was real. Uh, the Pittsburgh just came off of, uh, an underperformance against the Raiders on the road, uh, presumably looking ahead to this game, New England, just come off of an underperformance on the road against the dolphins, presumably looking to this game. Uh, I still cannot manifest the, the, the intestinal fortitude needed to back New England at two and a half point shock on the road in the spot given the fact that this New England team is just, it's one of the worst I've seen in years. Uh, Andy, talk me into a New England position on this, or uh, or am I, is, are the warning flags true? I don't know if there should be warning flags. This is, I mean, maybe just don't overthink this one. <laughs> like the, New England, New England bounce back. New England always plays bad in Miami. It's just a stupid, weird thing that happens. And New England always plays well against Pittsburgh. I don't care where it is. Late season New England. Uh, Gronk is a little old manish, a little washed, perhaps, but they still have enough weapons. I think they get this done. Pittsburgh has shown some serious lapses in games, uh, not even just last week, but all season long. They they don't seem to put games away when they're ahead. They don't seem to be able to to hold leads to come back when they should be able to. And 
and I don't know what the whole deal is with the x-ray machine from last week, but maybe I'm just pissed at Pittsburgh because they didn't uh, close my teaser for me in a game that they had no business even being close in. Uh, going to back, you know, you bring up the Nick Mullins point. They don't have a good backup, so if if, if Roethlisberger is dinged up again, they're aft. And yeah, I I think the slide continues. I'm going to take Brady. Does the slide continue, I'll, Suma? So I'll, I'll sell it to two and a half. Don't overthink this. <laughs> I think this is to me. This is to me uh, the simplest handicap on the board. Better coach, better team, better quarterback. Um, a team that historically owns Mike Tumlin 7-1, uh, Brady and Bill against Mike Tumlin's defenses, uh, scoring an average of over 30 points per game. Um, Mike Tumlin isn't, shouldn't be an NFL head coach this year. I think I, I'm calling for the next, for the third fire. <laughs> um, really, this We've guy like left, <laughs> yeah, last well, week, yeah, the Raiders ahead. were driving down the field. Um, I think it was third and goal or third down, something like this. Over 50 seconds on the board, Mike Tumlin doesn't take the timeout. Um, another 30 seconds off the clock. And this led to a very long field goal for Chris Boswell. He needed to put extra strength on this kick and he slipped. Um, two weeks ago against the Chargers, uh, Mike Tumlin put a linebacker on Keenan Allen several times. Um, I just Ooh, think this not work out well. He doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and when I can get Bill Belichick and Tom Brady against this team, against the drama queens, I will take them every time. And I took uh, minus 1.5 today, earlier in the day. Okay. So you guys are both Team Brady, Team Belichick. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Um, I may have a stronger angle on this game. and before, But before I get there, uh, Andy, without looking at a total of the points, just ballpark for me. What 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 kind of final score are we talking about here? Oh, probably thirty-one twenty. Mm. Suma, what about you? What kind of final score? I wanted to say the exact same score. No kidding. No kidding. Exact same score. <laughs> okay. Oceans apart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we ruined your angle. You guys- no, I like under 52. So it gets there if it's 3120, okay. but 3121, it's a push. 3120 um, with the 20 being on a garbage touchdown at the end that really oh, didn't okay. put the total okay. and threat. Okay. You had two touchdowns well, to give at the end. Here's 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 why I really like that. And I can completely see your positions on the Patriots. This is in no way, shape, or form am I putting a dollar of hard-earned money on the Pittsburgh Steelers to cover this game. If you think they cover two and a half, just bet them on the money line for crying out loud. Because I, I, but I don't think Always. the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, win this. Uh, and for all the reasons mentioned, it's very, you know, it's it's this is a team that absolutely cannot out scheme, out coach, out prepare uh, the Bill Belichick Patriots in December. No way, no how. Uh, even at home, uh, what I will say is, from a raw talent standpoint, their defense has players and has ability to disrupt the passing game for the Pats. Tom Brady has not looked himself this year. He has shown signs of regression. His receiving core has shown signs of regression. He has shown glimpses, barely glimpses, of chemistry with Josh Gordon. If for some crazy reason he, you know, they've been saving the good plays uh, for this game, and they, you know, he throws, you know, he has he has a, a Brady to Randy Moss 
versus the Jets kind of explosion where they just hit deep shots and, you know, and, and score three or four touchdowns with deep bombs to Josh Gordon. And so be it. This is an underlook. This is an underlook all the way. I feel like both of these teams uh, defenses are going to be absolutely pumped up for this game, um, especially the way that they conceded yards and points last week. Uh, and I feel like uh, with the, you know, with the way that you can really put a hurting on the Patriots is to run, 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 run on them. And without James Conner, without Le'Veon Bell, the Pittsburgh Steelers are in a very difficult position. They're going to be in a lot of uh, long, you know, third, there's going to be some decent amount of incompletions in this one. Uh, and they're, you know, the, the pass defense for the Patriots is not too shabby. Uh, the McCourty brothers, Chung, uh, Gilmore, these are guys that are damn decent cover uh, cover players in the secondary. They play out of the nickel and dime a lot. I just, I can't see, you know, Schuster and uh, Smith. I can't see Smith, Smith Schuster and, and Brown just, you know, going bananas in this one. I feel like this is going to be a relatively measured and controlled kind of performance. Uh, and the Patriots can, uh, can beat the Steelers like they beat the Packers. Sca- a game like that. Uh, 31-17, 27-17, 27-20, something like that. They win by a touchdown. It stays under 50. Uh, I'm going to take under 52 here uh, just uh, on the, uh, you know, just on the the fact that this has about a five-point flip from where we expected this one to open. So you are being asked to pay a premium to get on the right side of this one. Uh, and instead of doing that, I think the under is a similar angle. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think that the Patriots' strength in terms of running the ball, uh, in terms of the offensive line, I think that lends itself to an under. The offensive line um, is going to be a little bit, uh, you know, handicapped by the noise in the crowd. Uh, and, you know, that may give the Pittsburgh pass rush opportunity to get after Brady and fluster him. Uh, and so, you know, there's just a lot of angles, a lot of threads that I can see playing out in this game that would lend itself to a lower scoring, tighter, tighter clash with the Patriots putting their foot on the gas in the fourth quarter and coming away with the win by a touchdown or more, but under 52 is a nice look. And uh, that's just, it seems like a silly number to be hanging in a, in a game of this magnitude uh, between two teams that have defenses that, that are better than people give them credit for. Um, and uh, it would follow a trend of kind of important late season games in cold weather outdoors that are played to the under. I would say uh, we're seeing this kind of manifest itself uh, and uh, you know, 52 is, is a damn high total. That's all I really have to say about that. And uh, let's go Patriots. Uh, are you guys, let's, uh, go, let's go Pats, man. Uh, pa- Patriots, uh, the AFC favorites at this point, Zuma. Nope. Kansas city. Give me Kansas city at home. Wow. Wow. A rookie quarterback, effectively a rookie quarterback. It is making his first postseason appearance. Gets two wins at home with Andy Reid as head coach in the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's to me it's simple. Um, Pat Mahomes had no single off game this year. That's also my case for his MVP title because Drew Brees had Drew, Drew Brees had two stinkers, um, and they just went to, uh, to to Foxborough. The Pets didn't punt in that game. They had no turnovers and. They needed to score 43 points to beat Patrick Mahomes. Um, now at Arrowhead, uh, with Justin Houston healthy, with Eric Berry back, who does a great job against Gronkowski usually, um, I think the, the Chiefs will outscore the Pats. Andy, do you agree with that? 
Yeah. Mm. I, I can't disagree. It, it's, it's, it's really, that's been bouncing around my head for like the last two weeks, but I like the points he just made. Okay. So you guys are, you guys I really are don't rowing know the boat. You guys are rowing the boat for Andy Reid to make his first Super Bowl with the Chiefs. I would like to see an offensive Super Bowl. I would also. It would be. <laughs> I, I would like that. Oh, I would be happy about that. I my d- my dream. My I dream, have exposure, though. The dream matchups no, would be no Chargers Chiefs. Chargers Chiefs in the AFC title game. Any, if that do can any of the three of us have a position on Chiefs future? I do not. No. no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we all sit here and we want it to happen, but no, none of us are going to make money on it. How about that? Um, okay. Let's, uh, I don't have a ton on this. For entertainment purposes only. I don't have a ton on this last one. Philly, uh, it looks like they are scratching Wentz. Uh, looks yeah. like they are going to scratch Wentz, Wentz from the last three weeks of the season. Uh, I am playing 11 points with the Rams if there's no Carson Wentz in this game. Uh, they're, this is their get-right spot. They're going to be at home after two tough travel weeks. Uh, you know, We're going to see a healthy dose of, of Gurley McVay. I, I listened to McVay's radio program yesterday as I was driving home just to get a feel for what was you know what his temperature was. He is really punishing himself for the poor game plan that they had against the Bears, and boy was it poor. I was very very disappointed in McVay on Sunday night. There the the attack the the places to attack the Bears were there, but instead they kind of just got scattered and confused and looked lost and did not attack them in ways that uh, you can make the Bears pay, and it was very frustrating, especially as someone who was holding a Rams ticket. Um, do you think, uh, uh, Suma, do you think the uh, the Rams get right in the spot and uh, hang like, uh, you know, a nice little 30, 40 burger on uh, on the sorry-ass Eagles in this one? Yeah, I think so. The Eagles are banked up on their secondary and unlike Vic Fang- Fangio, um, Jim Schwartz isn't the kind of guy who mixes up his coverages. He, he plays pretty much the same the same concepts all game long. And I think um, the Rams can suck them in with play action and put up a, a decent chunk of points. I think the team total, the implied team total currently oh, is... Oh, you beat me to it. I think, <laughs> yeah, if there's a 31 out there, you know we're... 31, yeah. 31, I think the team total is a good look here. Mm, Andy, you agree? Yeah, he stole my thunder. Yeah, that's they're gonna drop. So, they're gonna drop thirty-five here. Okay, I, so wait. So I, why I, not? I'm so worried more about the back, the back. Why not lay eleven? Because there's no way that there's no way that uh, undecided the quarterback. Rams defense sucks shit. The Rams defense has had some terrible performances out of nowhere. I can see Philly scoring a bunch of points, especially yeah, at garbage time. When you mothball Fresh your quarterback, quarterback baby. when you when you mothball your quarterback, that sends a message to everyone on the team. But we're going to. LA I don't for, know. We're going. We are going to LA for a warm weather vacation. Our season. They don't have over. a bad backup. Uh, Big Dick Nick Foles is even gonna. Is he even healthy? I thought he was hurt, man. I don't really? know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I. If it was gonna be Foles, if it was gonna be Foles, I feel like. Uh, you know, even even if it is Foles, um, this is this is a vacation for the Eagles. Their season is I over. Agree with you. I agree with yeah. you. I, I like team total over. And if I had to take a side, it would be the Rams. Yeah. I like the Rams when it was eight and a half, nine. I love it when it's 11 with this change. Uh, Imagine this just... you had taken a teaser early in the week with the Rams. Oh, God, man. 
Boy, would that be nice. <laughs> yeah, you'd have a nice... Fall, Falls have... is ready. Falls is gone. It's Falls. He's fine. He's playing. It's fine. Okay. All right. Well, he hasn't looked good this year. Um. All right. Well, they're going to LA for a vacation, in my opinion, and I'm going to lay the points with the Rams. But team total over is a fine look, too, especially with the guys that they have in the secondary and the way that they got absolutely torched on one out of four accurate deep passes from Dak Prescott. Um. Hopefully, Goff bounces back. I'd like to see them, the Rams, be competitive in this. I, I, I don't want the Rams to go into a lull here. I don't want them to have peaked against that against the Chiefs. I want them to uh, to rise from the ashes of that very, very tough defeat in Chicago and uh, be competitive in the playoffs because they will make the playoffs much more fun and interesting if you have a confident Goff and a, and a sharp McVay. So let's go Rams. Let's bounce back. Let's get uh, let's get right. You guys, ready to wrap it? We'll save Monday night for for uh, Sunday's pod, Andy. Yeah, Suma Suma's got to get to bed. He's it's already Thursday night football day for him. I know Suma, real quick, <laughs> real, real quick, Suma. You got a? Am, uh, am I walking into a trap bed in Carolina on Monday night? I don't have any read on this game yet, so I don't really know. This is, this is one of the toughest games to cap or the board, in my opinion. I I don't have any lead on this game. Okay. All right. Well. We'll we'll get some more details and uh, and we'll we'll break it down on Sunday, Andy. Suma, it is the middle of night in Germany. We thank you so much for your time, staying up super late to help us. This was an outstanding podcast, and I, you know, I, we are forever uh, in debt to you for your, both ah. friendship and information and news and nuggets that you, we, you know, you provide throughout the season uh, and. Uh, oh, you know, yeah, enjoy the beautiful Great. Christmas time. Staying up late. Yeah, Christmas time in Germany. Why pretty not? amazing, right? Oh, yeah. But I'm just hoping for some snow pretty soon because yeah. I just hate that cold, rainy, gray weather. Gray weather. I, I hate it. I, I need some snow. Yeah. Is uh, You got any any cool Christmas market traditions around you? You go out to, to do any anything fun like that as the season gets closer? Yeah, pretty much drinking all evening. Drinking and eating. That sounds boring. All about drinking. Yeah. Are you yeah. a are you a schnapps guy or are you a uh, um what's I'm the what's the guy. you're a beer guy? Okay, okay. Beer guy and sometimes a good whiskey. Even in cold weather. Yeah, all, beer is always good. Right on, right on. Beer is always good. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Thank you guys. Thanks, awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for staying up late. Our boy Fabian, Fabian, Carl Hydes, Gunter Hans, Wolfgang <laughs> Zomer. <laughs> at, at Suma. Yeah. Yes. Congratulations on all the uh, success this year and best of luck down the home stretch here. And you better believe we are going to ask you to we'll stay up late again, time. come playoff time and help us handicap. Uh, one of the more interesting rounds of the playoffs and we'll talk to you then good luck to you guys and we have some great consensus picks this week i guess absolutely consensus absolutely (laughs) oh well andy just jinxed us thanks andy (laughs) all right good night guys good night